You are getting 100% Jody on Women Taking the Lead. I don't want it to just sit there and five years from now still be a long-term goal. I want to be, even if it takes me five years to get there, I at least want to be taking baby steps Mm -hmm. that whole time towards the goal. Hello, my name is Jody Flynn and welcome to Women Taking the Lead, where we are all about creating blasts of inspiration to help you overcome self-doubt so you can lead with confidence, integrity, and a sense of humor. Head over to womentakingthelead.com to join the community and get the resources to support you on your leadership journey. Now, your future awaits, so let's get started. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining me. I have for you another on-air coaching call all around how to still pursue a long-term goal, even if you know you have to wait before everything will fall into place. There is always something we can do, and that makes us feel good, more empowered, and in control of our own destiny as well as our day-to-day. And before we dive into that, I wanted to tell you about a special call that is happening for this community. Let me give you some background on this. Starting on January 1 and running until January 10, I led a challenge to help everyone increase their energy, focus, and well-being as they were beginning the new year. Well, something happened during what I called the Tolerations Detox Challenge that was surprising and yet not surprising at all. During the challenge, we covered what we were tolerating in various areas of life in the following order, health and wellness, home and transportation, work and technology, finances, and lastly, relationships. Some people reached out for help for the first few challenges, but when we got to finances, oh my goodness, the comments in the Facebook group went up as well as the number of SOS emails hitting my inbox. After getting so much feedback on how intimidating or annoying or scary it was to look at and take action around finances and money, I knew this was not limited to the participants of the challenge. This is a universal fear. So I've called in the big guns to help. Jen Hempel of Her Money Matters was my roommate at Podcast Movement in 2016, and we hit it off. I love her energy, insight, and genuine compassion for women who struggle with their personal finances. She and I have been on each other's podcasts, and her episode on women taking the lead is the most downloaded episode to date. She is about to be a published author on the subject, so she's got the subject of money down. And when I asked Jen for her help, she was an immediate yes, and I love that about her. If you are listening to this episode in real time, Jen is going to do a Zoom call for us tomorrow, Tuesday, January 23rd at 8 p.m. Eastern Time to help us release the intimidation, annoyance, or fear around money and feel more power and freedom around our personal finances. To get an overview of the areas she's going to cover and to reserve your seat, because only 50 people will be able to be on the call live, go to womentakingthelead.com forward slash money dash freedom. Even if you cannot make it register, even if you are hearing this after the call happened and you want to hear it, register. I will be recording the call and sending the replay to everybody who has registered no matter when that happens. So if you are interested in hearing what Jen has to say on the subject, go to womentakingthelead.com forward slash money dash freedom. All right, here we go with the on-air coaching call. 
Okay. Hello, Christina. How are you? (laughs) (laughs) A little excited, a little jittery. (laughs) I love it. Well, Christina, you and I have known each other for a while, but what I would love for you to do, because now we have, you can't see them, but we have all these lovely women (laughs) listening to us right now and men. Thank you, men, for joining us. So why don't you share with them, you know, a little bit about you, who you are in the world and what you're up to. Okay. Well, my name is Christina Mathis and I live in Decatur, Alabama. Um, I was born and raised in Alabama, lived for about 10 years in North Carolina and then moved back to Alabama back in 2000. And I've been here since then. I've been in Decatur since 2013. Um, and I am the pianist at Austin High School. Um, I am also pianist at First Baptist Church in Decatur. And I have a private piano studio in my home. Um, I was on church staff for a while and I loved my job there. I loved the people that I worked with, um, but I didn't feel like the position that I had there was allowing me to really use my gifts. My gifts are in music and, and I enjoy organizing and I got to use that side of my gifts, but music is my passion and teaching is my passion. And I wasn't really, I was able to use that in private lessons, but not as much as I really wanted to. So, um, during that time, I was just kind of searching, trying to figure out what to do. And I came across Jody's podcast, women taking the lead and started listening to it. And I thought, wow, this is exactly what I needed. And so through listening to that podcast, I found the motivation that I needed and to go back and look at what I needed to do to make my dream happen. And last year, it was about this time last year that I put in my notice and quit my full-time job. I took a part-time job at Austin High School, um, not knowing whether or not it would expand or if it would continue past that school year, but they needed a pianist and I needed work. (laughs) So (laughs) it was a good fit. And the choir director and I there hit it off really well. She requested me to be hired uh, for the next year. So now I'm officially on staff and I'm considered a teacher, which is fantastic. Um, And then I moved my piano studio home and I just felt like that was a good move for what, what I wanted to do and where my students were located. And just, it would allow me to do a little bit more with them outside of where I had been teaching. So I've had my home studio since this past summer. So that started in June, Uh, full-time started in in August when the school year started. I'm also working on my master's in music education. I started at a brick and mortar university and discovered within the first couple of semesters, it was not going to work out with my schedule and with what I really wanted to do. And I kind of changed paths a little bit too. Um, And so now I'm going to uh, Liberty University, which is completely 100% online. And so all of my classes are online and I love it because I can just do it at my own pace. So um, that is who I am. I also arrange hymns for my church and I have a book of hymn arrangements through Jennifer Eklund's company, Piano Pronto. And you had interviewed Jennifer before. So um, I'm a big supporter of Jennifer. She's, she helped me get published. 
So there you go. Yeah. And you introduced Jennifer and I, you're the reason why Jennifer was on the podcast. So that's awesome. And I also want to give a background story too, because every now and again, I share with people, Hey, reach out to me. I'd love to chat with you. Every now and again, I have an opportunity to jump on a Skype and a zoom call with you guys. And, you know, and I think sometimes people hear that and they're like, well, that doesn't really happen. And Christina, you, yes, (laughs) you are one of the people that reached out to me. And there was just something in your email, like an enthusiasm and excitement. I was like, let's jump on a call. And we did. We got to do a video call and chat and I could hear all about back when you were still in your full-time job and you were talking about wanting to make the move. And that was so much fun connecting with you. So you've been a part of this community for quite a while. I have. It's been about a little, uh, probably a little over a year Mm -hmm. um, when I found I found your podcast. I think it was the end of 2015, maybe, and or uh, 2016. Sorry, in early mm-hmm. 2017. So, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So I've been following you for about a year, and you said reach out, and I took you at your word. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am a woman of my word. <laughs> I love that. And you told me you've read the book as well. Accomplish how to go yes, from dreaming to doing. Yes. And that was another thing that I, I just had a list of books that I was going to read that kind of pushed me over Christmas break last year. Yeah. I just was really needing some motivation. And I had thought I was going to get a position um, where I was working that was going to kind of be a promotion. And it actually didn't work out at all. Mm-hmm. And I didn't get that position. And the person who did is probably young enough to be my daughter. Um, and so that hurt a little bit that, you know, I had all of this experience and I was overlooked for someone with, you know, that was just graduating from college. And, um, and I was put back in my original position. I kind of worked been working my way up and then ended up back in my original position. And it just was, I just knew that I took that as my sign. It was time to go. Mm -hmm. And so I started looking for books, you know, what, what's going to help me here. And I had listened to your podcast and you had been announcing your book accomplished and going from dreaming to doing it. That's what I'm doing. (laughs) I need to go from dreaming to actually doing this. And so I ordered the book and read it and it was fantastic. And every once in a while still, I'll pull it out and just, go back and look through the highlights and because I made lots of markings and lots of notes. Yes. So yes. It was very good. I highly recommend the book. And I love that because that what I was going to segue into is talking about the concept of it's all about peeling back layers, right? And getting to getting to a new level. And at every new level, there are new challenges. So there are new layers to peel back. It's like, it's kind of like getting a promotion. Like right. you've outgrown the last position. Now you're in a new position. Now you have all new challenges you're faced with and you need to peel right. back layers to master that level. And then you graduate to the next level and that sort of thing. And the way yes. that is designed is you can go right back to the beginning, choose a new goal, Uh choose something different and go through the process all over again. So, and And here we even mentally getting to that place of being ready to quit my job, you know, realizing, okay, I've gone as far as I'm going to go here and I am not living out my full potential in this position and mentally wrapping my mind around that and okay, so now I need to do something different. And there's that first layer. 
is acceptance, you know, (laughs) and then just going through all of those emotional steps, emotional and mental steps to getting to where you're ready to take that big leap into actually living your dream. Mm -hmm. And then when you're in the dream, right? You're living your dream. Then all new things, all All new things things come up. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. So Christina, you've come so far, rearranged your life. So many good things have been happening to you. And I have to say, to share with everyone, your daughter got married recently. Yes, she did. She got married uh, on December 30th. Yes. So there's a lot of exciting things going on and still more potential. So why don't you share with everybody where you are now and what you're looking for coaching around? Well, where I am now is um, my home studio is almost full. I have probably two or three spots left open that I can fill with this, with students. Um, and then I will be completely full. I want to consider group lessons or what's called partner lessons where you have two or three students in one lesson, but in my house, I don't have room for that. Um, So I haven't even really spent a lot of time thinking about that because I know it's not, I can do two students maybe, but more than that is not feasible. Um, Some other goals are to finish my, my master's by December of 2019. Um, Some of that is contingent upon the school that I'm transferring to accepting credits from the school that I had been attending. And so I'm in that process right now. I am going to start working on my national certification as a piano teacher in July, because that's when their year renews is July 1st. So I'll begin that process then. Um, I started a piano club at the high school where I teach and it's really, really growing. And this is for students who cannot afford private lessons but want to learn piano. And we have a lot of um, high poverty students in our school, um, just low income parents, not really involved. And so this is kind of a lifeline for them. And I want to continue seeing that grow. Part of that is going to be if the school board will agree to hire me full time right now, I'm 20 hours a week, which is fantastic because it provides um, insurance and retirement. Um, But 40 hours a week would be even better. But then if I'm 40 hours a week with the school board, with the high school, I'm going to have to probably give up a majority of my studio. And I'm not sure that I want to do that because I love teaching these kids. At the same time, my life would be a lot less chaotic if I (laughs) was just working one job instead of like three, like I am right now. Um, As far as my studio goes, one dream I've always had is to mentor uh, beginning teachers and long-term, like long-term, five, 10, 15 years down the road, have a school that is specifically for that purpose where I have a master teacher or two in each instrument that's offered. And then underneath each master teacher, they would have two or three 
student teachers. There's a lot that goes into piano teaching that people don't understand. I mean, I think you just, you know, how to play the piano, you can teach it. And that's not always the case. You know, it's, it's anything with teaching, you have to know the student and the student's learning type. And um, there are a lot of things that I had to learn by trial and error and by making a lot of mistakes that, you know, if I had had a mentor that would have helped. And, you know, and of course, none of us are going to live forever. And I want to be, I don't want piano teaching to come to an end because there are no other teachers out there training, you know, so training the next generation of teachers is a big passion of mine. Um, so, which is one reason that I went back to school. So, you know, maybe I could be on a college staff at some point teaching piano pedagogy. Um, but that's, that might be for another discussion. <laughs> okay. It sounds like that's like you do have some short-term and some long-term yes. goals, but yeah. your short-term goals are supporting the long-term goals. It's not like yes. they're on the side. and Right, yeah. right. And my life, you know, if, if you cannot tell, my life revolves around piano and teaching. And that's just kind of, I don't really have, I mean, other than books, I don't have many interests outside of that. Um, but I'm not a boring person. <laughs> you are not. So <laughs> um, no, it's just kind of, you know, my life just kind of revolves around this because this is what I'm just so passionate about. Mm-hmm. And I remember so, from a conversation we had in the private group, I remember you either commenting on a post or creating a post of your own around the fact that you realized you hadn't done any teaching in like the last week or two and how miserable you were. Like you felt it like for you, you need to be teaching. It's, it's, it's who you are and it lights you up. We got out of school for Christmas break on December 15th. I didn't teach again until last week. I think it was last Thursday was the first lesson I had taught since December. And I, Literally, I struggled with being depressed when I was not busy working on my daughter's wedding during Christmas break. If I had a day, a down day, I would end up just a bundle of tears because I just had no real purpose, I guess. (laughs) And part of that might've been me decompressing. (laughs) My body was just like, you don't, you don't need to think about anything else for a while, you know, so let's just cry to get it all out. Um, But, you know, if I go too long without teaching, then I really, I don't know what to do with myself. Okay. So this is important. This is, this is going to stay um, front and center. So, okay. That's a great overview. What's the bottom line? What is the problem with all of this that you're dealing with right now? Knowing where to put my focus. Um, I know my studio can't grow anymore where I am now, but I'm not sure about the feasibility of opening a brick and mortar studio. Right now, at my location in my in my um, house, about eighty percent of my students live within two miles of me, so it's really convenient. Mm-hmm. Um, and the students love coming to my house. I just feel more comfortable than coming into a brick and mortar building, you know. And so I want to keep that homey feel. Um, and if you get a full-time job with the high school, you're, you're going to be cutting back on the amount of students. Oh, yeah. So if you invested and got into right. a contract for a studio, you might exactly. find yourself in a financial 
find. Right, exactly. But I don't want to cut out completely all of my students in case for some reason, my job with the school system ends. Right. Because that, you know, you just never know how school boards are going going to vote or how things are going to go. Um, And I've known teachers that had very stable jobs just out of the blue for absolutely no reason, get a pink slip. So let me give you an overview of what I've been hearing. And then you can tell me where we need to go from here, or maybe I don't have all the information. So you have the home studio that is filling up. You've got two to three spots open. Um, You're thinking about expanding into doing partner lessons, but you don't really have the space for group lessons right now. We've already kind of like checked getting your own studio, like, or I should say crossed it off the list for now. So you could potentially partner teach, but not group. You are finishing your master's potentially in December of 2019, and then you're going to be going for your national certification as a piano teacher, but that process won't start till July there's the potential for the piano club, but that's really dependent on your being a full-time teacher at the high school. Um, and then you also have, and if you are a full-time teacher, you do have to cut back on the amount of students you're seeing in your home studio. And then you have the long-term vision of the school um, mentoring beginning teachers, right? Yes. That yes. Structure. Okay. So now where I'm left is I, I don't know where the problem is because it sounds like you've got it all figured out for now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) Maybe I do. I don't feel like I do. Okay. What's, what's making you feel like you don't have it figured out? That's, Uh, that's the problem is that you don't feel like you have it figured out. Yeah. I, I feel like there are just still so many questions like, am I going to be hired full-time at this school? And Mm -hmm. do I want to take on any more students for the few spots that I still have open and then just to have to drop them in the fall? You know, if, (laughs) if I do get the full-time job at the school. Mm -hmm. um, And when would you hear about that? Like when, when do they make those types of announcements? Usually, well, when I found out I had this position, this position, it was in June. Okay. So I would know the beginning of the summer. Okay. And, um, and you know, part of me thinks I should just keep planning as if it's not going to happen just in case, just mm-hmm. to be safe. Yeah. You know, because I don't want to be telling students, oh, I'm not accepting new students right now. And then you know, send potential students to another teacher only to find out I really did need to keep them. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Better, better to have built up, you know, your, your, um, what am I looking for? Your, your business, which is basically right. teaching uh-huh. um, piano mm-hmm. and then referring them to another teacher that you rely upon rather than holding yourself back you know, limiting your income mm-hmm. potential and then finding out in June, oh, well, I'm still going to be working part-time. Now I have to right. race over the summer to right. fill up my schedule again. Right. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Where else are you feeling like <laughs> you don't have it all figured out? Um, knowing how to go forward with my long-term goal of the school. Okay. 
um, because there is the um, the question about if I should do that here where I'm living now mm-hmm. or um, there's the university that I work with and I have cut back to that just one day to just one day a week. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, cause I do want to keep that door open there. Mm-hmm. But um, it's a travel but, from what I remember the university. It is. It's a one hour drive each okay. way. Yeah. And so I don't, yeah. Uh, like ne- in a couple of weeks, one of my students from that I played for last semester who won a competition mm-hmm. is performing a recital. And so and it's on my busiest teaching day, but you know, I have to be there. So I have to cancel all of those students that day mm-hmm. to go play this one piece and then drive an hour back. Yes. <laughs> I want to take a break here to talk about one of the sponsors for this week's episode, Butcher Box. ButcherBox delivers healthy, 100% grass-fed and grass-finished beef, free-range organic chicken, and heritage breed pork directly to your door. The incredible quality of ButcherBox starts with the commitment to raise animals humanely and free of antibiotics and hormones. Each box comes with at least 8 to 11 pounds of meat, which is enough for 24 individual-sized meals. You choose from curated boxes, including a mix of high-quality beef, chicken, and pork, or you customize your own box. So if there's something you don't like, you don't have to have that. Think of ButcherBox as your neighborhood butcher, with their quality meats delivered right to your door at your chosen frequency. And for free bacon and $20 off your first box, go to butcherbox.com forward slash lead and enter lead as the promotional code at checkout. I got my own order of ButcherBox and it came right to my door and I didn't have to spend any time in the grocery store scanning for the right selection. Also, one of my friends who is also a client was having an annual team meeting at her house and her husband was going to be cooking lunch for all of them. I offered some of the selection of meat from my order of ButcherBox to try out because I wanted to get more opinions on it. And her husband made chicken dumpling soup and they loved it. The word back was the chicken was delicious. He has also cooked two different kinds of steak for us and we were all impressed with how yummy it was. Again, for free bacon and $20 off your first box, go to butcherbox.com forward slash lead, L-E-A-D, and enter lead as the promotional code at checkout. It's an inconvenience, and I love, love what I do. It gives me that that outlet of performing that I really need, um, but it's a hassle. Mm-hmm. You know? um, but they have just been given the okay to to start a fine arts school, and one of the director's long-term goals is to have an academy of sorts for elementary age, you know, for school-age students. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of like, you know, like Juilliard has their, you know, their school age program that mm-hmm. they offer, you know, private lessons. And so he and I have talked about, you know, he knows how much I enjoy teaching and he and I have talked about me teaching at that. And that could be working through the university. That would be a great way to mentor those teachers. I was just thinking that it sounds like a great partnership. Now, when you think about your long-term vision, is it, is it more the idea of this being in existence that lights you up or is it also paired with the fact that you're the driver? Like it's your business. 
I love the idea of it being my business. Okay. I've always wanted to own my own music school. And um, in fact, there is one in that town where the university is that is still in existence. And from what I understand, they're still doing fairly well. But um, every time I drive by it, I think I want to buy that buy that school and take it over. Um, that's just, that's, you know, part of, I guess, part B of my dream, mm-hmm. um, would be, would be to, to own my own music school. Um, so that this would be a good way for me to do that in conjunction with what the university has going on. But at the same time, I don't know that that's a given, you know, I don't know that, or how long it's going to take for that to open up, if that makes any sense. Which piece of it? The university's fine arts school or the potential of maybe buying this other business? Uh, the, the fine arts academy. At academy. The I don't know. Because we have talked about it, but there's no, there are no contracts. or There's mm-hmm. you know, nothing else really has been said about it. We've just kind of talked about that. That's something that the director and I have both thought about. Yeah. Um, and how does this Fine Arts Academy, like if it was in existence, how does that help you towards your dream of creating this school with the mentorship program? I think I, could, I would be able to work in conjunction with the university in training the music ed majors that come through that um, I've worked with a few of them from this college after they've graduated okay, and they'll they'll host that they're starting their own little studio or that they're starting to teach private lessons. And and I'll just message them and say, Hey, I saw your post and you know, I've been teaching for almost 30 years. You know, please let me know if you have any questions, I would love to help you. And you know, probably 98% of the time they've messaged me back and say, Oh, please, I would love to have somebody help me. I have no idea what I'm doing. Okay, perfect. So your business would be the next step after this Fine Arts Academy when it's in existence. Okay, that's more clear. Okay, okay. No, that's perfect. So it doesn't exist yet. And you want to feel like you're moving toward this vision that Mm -hmm. you have. What else could you be doing to start, you know, bringing the pieces together, even if you don't know how it's all going to work out yet? That's where I'm stuck. That's what I don't know. I'm not really sure what to do to move in that direction Mm -hmm. other than to keep teaching and keep raising up teachers. And right now I've got one or two high school students, but I don't know if either of them would be interested in, in teaching younger students because they're already so busy Mm -hmm. with other activities. Right. Other than this Fine Arts Academy, where how do you how have you been finding these new teachers? Honestly, they are friends of my daughters. Okay. <laughs> my oldest daughter is is at this college studying music performance. Mm-hmm. And um and because I go to all of her recitals and and I am on staff there as an accompanist. And so some of them I have played for their lessons or their juries or whatever. And so they'll send me a friend request on Facebook and, you know, which kind of drives my daughter crazy that I'm friends, that her friends think I'm so cool. She's like, my mom really is not that cool. (laughs) (laughs) Not to her, but you're cool to me. (laughs) (laughs) You know, they, they will post, you know, after they've graduated that they're, 
starting to teach, you know, and so then I reach out to them. Okay. And my daughter is actually starting, uh, trying to get some violin students in that town. And so she, she had to kind of eat her own words and, <laughs> and call me the other night and say, um, can you help me out with policies? Cause I'm not really sure what to do. Uh-huh. Okay. So, so uh, what year is your daughter at the college? Cause what I'm thinking is right now, she is your pipeline to you right. know, finding yeah. these new piano teachers, but she's not going to be at the college forever. Yeah. She's a junior. Okay. So a couple more year and a half. Year and a half. Yeah. Okay. How else would you get connected to, you know, piano students at the, at the college or university? Um, well, I have a good friend who is the, the organizer kind of all of all of the accompanists that are on staff there. And so I could, I guess I could talk to her and just tell her this is something I'm interested in doing because she does not teach. She is solely an accompanist. Mm -hmm. And uh, we kind of joked about that because she's so great at what she does, but she cannot stand to teach. So that's where I come in. It's perfect. Right. Right? Yeah. Um, But yeah, I could, I could talk, I hadn't even thought about that. I could talk to her Mm -hmm. and, and just share this with her. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to throw this out there because I just got a vision of it. Okay. Is what are, what are the chances of maybe you doing a presentation at the university for, you know, the piano students there to talk about, Hey, have you ever thought about earning income teaching? a Hmm. Hmm. That's a really good thought. Mm -hmm. That's a really good thought. I haven't, I'd never even considered that. College students are poor. Yes, they are. (laughs) (laughs) Right? When you talk about like the ability to earn income doing something that you love to do anyway, Mm -hmm. right? That they don't want to be working at a restaurant while they're, you know, you know, playing. They love to play piano. They are, they are at a college university setting playing Mm -hmm. piano all the time because they love it so much, you know, and it's why they're getting their degree in that field. They want to make money, you know, but they want to make money doing it now, like not just someday. Yeah. I know that there is one student there. I think he's a senior and he offers, um, he offers help for the other college students, Mm -hmm. but in, in like piano class or piano theory or whatever. But, um, I don't think that he offers lessons outside of that. Mm-hmm. So, and teaching I, and lessons, how to give lessons and just, how to give lessons. Right? Yeah. 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 He, That's he different. Himself. Yes, exactly. Okay. That gives me some things to think on. I like that. Right. And so right now what you're doing is you're building up your network, mm-hmm. you know, so that someday when you have this all figured out in the program in place, you already have essentially, you know, what, what we call like a list. Right. Mm-hmm. So right now yeah. you're building an unofficial list of people who right. want to teach piano because that's your audience is people right. who are beginners and want to teach piano and want to make a good, pretty good living at it, whether they're doing it part time or full time. You right. know, they want to do it well and you can teach them not only how to teach another person how to play piano, 
but also how to handle the business side of things, right? Right. Where do you find your students? How do you talk to the parents? How do you collect money? You know, how do you handle different situations? You know, it's, it's, you you have so much experience in this area that you can help them avoid most of the major pitfalls. That's true. Right. That's a really good way of pitching that to, uh, to the head of the music department as well in presenting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because if you look back, how many mistakes did you make over the years that you were like, oh, right? You could probably list out the stories, you know, and actually I'm going to invite you to do that. I want you to to make a list of all the different mistakes you made, you know, when you were starting your own business because uh-huh. that's what you're, you can teach other people. Like you can, that, that could be, if, it's, if someday you ever had an opt-in, that could be like, like what you would give away for free for an email address. Like the 50 mistakes I made my first five oh, years, really in business, right? Yeah. Like yeah. as a new teacher, wouldn't they want that? But it could also yeah. be a part of your curriculum. But then you could probably also make another list of all the things that made it worth it. Like, yes. What was fulfilling about it? Like what, what, you know, it's not just about the money. Like what were mm-hmm. the other things you got from being mm-hmm. a teacher? Like, what did you learn? What did you get? You know, it's, it's the, um, the fulfillment piece of it. That's right. also yeah. a big part of what's the, it's going to sound so, um, tacky as I say this, but it's the sell, right? Like I'm going right. to help you avoid all the pitfalls, but I'm going to, but I'm also sharing with you. Yeah, all of the profit. So awesome, yes, the, right. Uh-huh. Yeah. Exactly. Right. So, cause sometimes people don't realize they want something until they have an experience of it, but you can, you can kind of, um, create an experience for them. Like this is okay. the potential of being a teacher, right? Yeah. And yes, it seems scary, but I can teach you how to get through all of that so that you yeah. get the good stuff and avoid all the bad stuff. That's great. That is mm-hmm. exactly what I need. Yes. Okay. Okay. So that made, so that gives you a little more clarity of like how you can move forward, um, Mm -hmm. for this long-term goal. So you don't feel like you're stagnating and you're stuck. So that's really great. And along the way, you know, creating the program and testing it out with some people in an unofficial capacity so that you also have testimonials, you feel solid in the program you're teaching in terms of mentorship and how to be mentors. Mm -hmm. Anything else? Let me look at my list again. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm all about lists. Um, Oh, Christina, I love lists. Are you kidding me? I don't know what I would do with that list. Uh, Yes. And then, well, what, you know, getting the school started and then finding the master teachers, which I don't think that that part would be quite as difficult because if we have a school through an established university, Mm -hmm. then you know, professional teachers, quality teachers are going to want to teach there. Okay. Explain that to me. What's in it for them? What's in it for them is the, um, there was actually a conversation on a piano teaching page, a piano studio owner page about this, this past week. Um, what's in it for them is the ease of finding students that they don't have to go find their own students. We have the students for them. Um, the master teachers will be responsible for mentoring. And so they would be trained in how to mentor and they would have lists of, you know, cause I'm a list person. They would have lists of what like checklists of what they are looking for 
that each student teacher is able to do. Mm -hmm. Um, Are they greeting the students? Are they uh, checking assignments? Make sure that they're not sitting on their phones the whole lesson, because I have seen that. (laughs) Um, Making sure that they are involved with the students, you know, things like that. Um, Then the studios that I have taught in frequently have done my taxes for me, like taken out my taxes from teaching. So I'm actually getting a W-2 instead of, is it the 1040 mm-hmm. that you get otherwise or the, I can't 1099. Yeah, that's yeah. what it is. Yeah. Um, so I taught in one studio that I did get a 1099. And then this last one I taught in, um, I got a W-2 and it was just nice to have that done. Right. You know, when you're used to W-2s to keep getting yes. that, right? Yeah. So okay. they didn't have to, you know, so that, that could be a pro. Um, and then just kind of the clout of saying that I'm teaching through the university academy, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that in itself is, um, there was, when I was living in Birmingham, there is a big university there that has a fine arts academy and everybody wanted to teach there because, you know, you could say that you taught at this certain academy, you know, it was just really very respected in the community. So there's, there's that aspect of it. Right. So there's multiple benefits Mm -hmm. for them. They don't have to hunt down their own students. Their taxes are taken. They're essentially an employee of this academy and there's the prestige of it as well. So you've, you've hit some of the major benefits that people are looking Mm -hmm. for, you know, Mm -hmm. money, ease, (laughs) prestige. Well, and then too, if they, um, if, if they have a student cancel, you know, it depends on how much the, the academy is willing to do, but some fine art schools will, will handle scheduling as well. And, you know, if, if a student needs to cancel, then it's not the teacher's responsibility. They contact the school instead of the teacher. Okay. And that's, you know, ease and scheduling or help with scheduling. That's a huge, that's a huge deal. Uh, Cause scheduling is a major headache for a lot of piano teachers. I can imagine. I, you yeah. know, yeah, you've heard me talk about this in the Facebook group yes. where scheduling yes. can sometimes feel like the bane of my existence. Yes. But yes. Because yes. it, it's, it's unproductive time. It's just back and forth. It back is. Back it and is. Forth. Yeah. So I totally get that. Okay. So now I feel like we, we've cleared away a lot of the confusion and where you were um, experiencing some, some doubt about mm-hmm. this. Um, so let's put you into action. Let's create a plan. Okay, okay, so what are your next first steps to put this in motion? In reference to the school. Is that what we're talking about? Okay. Yeah, the sense I'm getting with all your other goals, they're all taken care of. It's either yeah. it's either like kind of keep doing what you're doing yeah. and wait it's to find out. Or it's yeah. yeah, it's it's gonna you're waiting for answers, you're waiting mm-hmm. till July, you're waiting to see, you know, so right. they're in motion. And if something comes up, you can definitely post in the group if you need support or anything like mm-hmm. that. It's this long-term goal. Okay. The, the, I don't know what to call it. Like the mentorship academy. Like what? what yeah, something like that. That, that sounds good. <laughs> I like that. Okay. So this academy. So it seems like the the sticking point for you was if I'm not working on this in some way, then I feel like I'm not moving towards my goal. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. That that. Just, I don't want it to just sit there, and five years from now still be a long-term goal. You know, I want to be, even if it takes me five years to get there, 
I at least want to be taking baby steps mm-hmm. that whole time towards the goal. Yeah, and so I'm just laughing out of my control. I'm just but, laughing because I'm looking at the original note where you where you ultimately came to the problem. It was where to put my focus, and this was. Yes. Like, it's almost <laughs> like you got you just needed permission to put your focus here. Even yeah, I you have I so did. much going on as well. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. So the first step is going to be contacting the director of the, uh, um, of the university or the music director of the university. Okay. And he is the one who I talked to before, um, this past summer about, about this. And he's, and he had said that this was one of his long-term goals too, but just, I think I just need to email him, you know, like write all of this out that you and I have discussed and email him and say, okay, what do you think of this? And when do you think I can start? Okay. Because I do want to do this, <laughs> you know, um, and that's going to be really, that's going to be step one. And that's just going to be dependent, you know, step two, I guess would be dependent on, on his response with that. And then if he says, you know, this is something we need to put on hold for a year or so to get the other program the university program going first, then so be it. Yeah. Um, but if he says he's ready to start right away, mm-hmm. then we can start looking at opening something up there in the fall and, you know, and what that would look like. Okay. Here's my thing. You're doing enough waiting <laughs> in other areas of your I life. Know. I don't I want you waiting on this one. If he says this isn't going to happen for another year, year and a half, what can you do in the meantime? What are some actions you can take? I have thought very, very briefly thought about starting an online mentoring course and not really course, but just, just offering online in some of the Facebook groups to be a mentor to teachers. Mm -hmm. And I had started mentoring one teacher and it just was, I was still in my full-time job and transitioning from that. And it was taking up a lot more time than I had to put into it. And so I need to get back in touch with her and, you know, and just kind of see where we are and see if she still needs help. Um, And she was really understanding that, you know, of me not having the time at at that moment. Um, But I could put something in some of the piano teacher groups on Facebook that, you know, I'm interested in mentoring young teachers and I could let the students at this university know, you know, that that's something that I'm interested in. Mm-hmm. And this would be something I don't feel that, like I should charge for this because this is, um, it, your face just changed when I said <laughs> Okay, so for everyone listening, Christina and I can see each other. We're on a Zoom call. So I might be sitting here not saying a word, but my face just changed. You gave me the stink eye. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I I don't have a whole lot of time that I can donate, you know, and that's one reason that I had put the other, you know, the other mentee on hold for a little bit um, because I was doing it on my free time, which is almost non-existent. So, um, but I also know how difficult financially it is to get started as a teacher. Mm -hmm. And so I want it to be something that is affordable 
I don't want people to feel like they're throwing their money away. Okay. And so I'm hesitant to, I'll rephrase that. I'm hesitant to charge. Not, <laughs> I don't think I should just give my time away. I'm just hesitant to charge for something like that and wouldn't even know where to begin my pricing for okay. that. That's a whole separate issue. Like, because yeah. what I'm hearing you say, and there are going to be people who are going to clap along as I'm saying this, <laughs> you're talking about not charging because you're intimidated by setting a price. And right. Asking. Right. And that is wrong. And I wouldn't do that as a teacher. Right. I tell my teachers Nor would that. you teach your students that too. No. Because no, no. this is the thing, Christina. Your time you, is valuable. You're teaching beginning teachers on how to have a business, essentially. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you have to model for them how to do this. And if right yeah, out of good. the gate, you're saying, undercut your prices, barter, do pro bono, that's what you're going to be teaching them. You're going to say one thing, but you're doing another and there's going to be a disconnect. So, okay, go ahead. You have a thought. No, no, I'm just, I, I'm taking all that in and thinking what a stupid comment that was. <laughs> no, it's not stupid. We all do it because there are people who are also clapping along because they've done it themselves. I did yeah. it. Yeah. I did it. Yeah. Right. You know, we get so like, oh, I know I can help so many people, but they don't have any money and blah, blah, right. blah, blah, blah. Right. Yeah. There are creative ways that you can still get paid you know, even while you're learning, like you might even like, there are different pricing models out there. You might take a commission, like say, you know, for your first so many, you know, students, I'm going to take 50%. Like you decide, right? Whatever you're comfortable with to make sure that you're being compensated. Because honestly, Christina, when we were talking about earlier about like you conveying all the mistakes you made in your business and how to avoid those mistakes, and then also sharing with them how to make this a fulfilling experience. Like, what is that worth? How, oh yeah, that is priceless. I want you to, I want to, I want you to start putting, I want you to start listing out the mistakes you made and how much money each mistake cost you. Hmm. That's how much money you're going to save these people. Right. That's a good idea. Yeah. That's a very, very good point. Um, cause I did make a lot of mistakes that <laughs> I made mistakes in the thousands of dollars, yeah. right? That's why we hire coaches to help us mm-hmm. avoid the mistakes that we foolishly make when we're trying to figure it out on our own. Yes, you're right. Yeah. Okay. So where are you now with charging for this? <laughs> Still not sure exactly what I should charge. Right. No, I'm going to, and I, and I do want to make it affordable. But I want them, like you said, they are. If they follow my advice, then they will be avoiding all of these costly mistakes and saving themselves all this money. Right. And a lot of time. And that's the selling point of this. If your program, if you can put as a part of your program, this program will save you four thousand dollars in the first year of your business. Uh-huh. then why couldn't you charge 2000 for it? Right. I'm just, these are arbitrary numbers yeah. and I'm throwing them out there. Right. But if like what you're going to teach is ultimately going to save them a boatload of money, then it's, it's, it's worth that money. It's worth it. Yes. Right. You're right. Yeah. Okay. All right. So you're going to put into, so you're going to create this. And this is, this is the thing before you talk to anybody about this program and what you're going to charge for it. <laughs> 
I want you to be clear of the value that you're offering. So you're, you need to write out like what they're going to get from it, what they're going to learn, how much money they're going to okay. save, like the earning mm-hmm. potential, like how much money they'll be able to charge, you know, if, the, if they're taught the things that you're going to teach them. And then it sounds like you have a pretty good idea of where you can put feelers out for people who might be interested in being a part of this. Now I will say this, Christina, for the first, you might offer a discount for the first couple of people who Mm -hmm. go through your program in like, and I say discount, but you're still getting value because what you're going to ask them for is a solid testimonial at the end of it. Testimonials actually help you to sell your program down the line. So Mm -hmm. it's worth it. You're not getting cash, but you're still getting value. And in that the agreement is they give you a testimonial, you know, if if they feel like, like it's worth it, right. That's part of it. It has to be a genuine testimonial, but knowing you, it's going to be fantastic. Oh, well, thank you. You're welcome. Okay. Okay. So you can get started. Yeah. Right. I feel so much better about this now. Okay. Uh, I, I have more focus and know what I need to do to, to take the steps forward. Okay. So. Now here's the thing. You have your action steps. We're not going to get into it on this call. Cause I know you're super organized with your lists and your calendars and <laughs> your schedules and all of that, but I want you to plug in cause you are, you know, going to school and you've got the certification coming up in July. I want you to have on your calendar, like how much time can you dedicate to work on this and, Plug those uh-huh. times, time block your calendar for when you're going to okay. be working. Yeah. On this, right? Yes, absolutely. Yep. Yes. And if you ever find yourself hesitating or unclear, I want you posting in the Facebook group that you need support. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I will. I am not afraid to ask for support. <laughs> awesome. I love that because there's plenty of people listening along. There's plenty of people who are in the Facebook group who've been yeah. where you are you know, and, and felt that hesitation because they weren't sure and, and all of that. And I just don't want to see you get stuck there. This is a great, great idea, right? And needed, right? Yeah. Imagine if you I had somebody like you when you first started teaching. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I could have done so much more. And cause I had to learn so much by trial and error and, mm-hmm. you know, just even knowing which curriculum to use and, and how to, you know, how to kind of assess each student to see what their learning style is. That's just not something that's, that's really taught in, Mm -hmm. you know, in the classrooms. And a lot of private teachers have degrees in performance. Mm -hmm. And so we know how to be performers. That's what my degree is in, in piano performance. I know how to perform, but I was never really taught how to teach. Mm -hmm. So that's, I think that that's lacking. And I love that. Okay. So your first steps are going to be to reach out to the music director at the university. But in the meantime, you're just doing an overview of what this program would be. And then thirdly, you're doing your reach outs in the groups through your daughter and Mm -hmm. also maybe doing a little workshop. Yeah. You know, that could introduce your, like, kind of go over some highlights of what a beginning um, piano teacher would need to know when they're starting to take on new students. But then you can also talk about your program and how I lay it all out. You learn everything. Mm-hmm. This is just an overview, that sort of thing. That will definitely spark some interest as yeah, well. Yeah, I think so. Okay, Christina, 
where can people find you? How, if people want to reach out to you and hear more about your program or what you have going on or who want to support you, right? Maybe be an accountability partner or start up a mastermind group. How would they they find you? Okay. Well, you can email me at Christina, C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-A dot Janae, G-E-N-A-E at gmail.com. And I am on Facebook at Christina Mathis Music. And then I'm on Instagram at Christina Mathis Music. Okay. And I will have all the links for that in the show notes that accompanies this episode. Christina, any last questions or anything you need to say before we say goodbye? I don't think so. I just want to encourage the listeners to reach out to Jody because she really will get back in touch with you. And yeah, and you've just been fantastic to work with. So thank you. I really appreciate your time. I am thrilled to have as my sponsor, Podcast Movement. Podcast Movement is a conference for podcasters of all skill levels, from those testing the waters all the way to super experienced. There are workshops, panels, parties, an expo hall, and more. Everything catering to anyone involved with podcasting or looking to get involved. I've attended Podcast Movement in Fort Worth, Chicago, and I was a speaker at last year's conference in Anaheim. I love this conference, and I hear many people say it is the best conference they attend all year because of the people. Podcasters tend to be amazingly down-to-earth and friendly. The organization of the conference is mind-boggling, and the events they put together create a great sense of community. Join over 2,000 podcasters from around the world in Philadelphia this July 24th through 26th for three days of workshops, panels, parties, and more. And for $50 off any level of registration, visit podcastmovement.com and enter promotional code LEAD. That's podcastmovement.com, promotional code LEAD, L-E-A-D. Thank you all for joining me on Women Taking the Lead. And to strengthen you on your own leadership journey, I'd like to send you off with a quote from Marianne Williamson. So here goes. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Again, thank you for joining me, and here's to your success.